Did you really drag me in here to listen to another one of your podcasts? Dude, you're embarrassing me in front of the wizards. Want a juice box and some string cheese? <laughs> Do you really have that? Fourth wall break inside a fourth wall break. That's like 16 walls. Flawless victory. Mother? What's wrong with me? Darling, I don't have to answer to you. I'm Batman. Why'd you open your bonghole, you smelly hippie? It's clobbering time. This is the men who look bad in spandex? That's disgusting. Are you seriously calling it that? What is up, Mr. Max? Yo, big guy. What's going on, man? Hey, not a lot, man. Comic book stuff for comic book day. Comic book stuff for comic book people. Yeah, that's right. Indeed. It's better. Yeah, well. Better. I, I, it's not like I do this for a living, Steve. You know? I was going to say, that's why you're professional. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's it's right. You're probably wondering what you're listening to. No, this isn't Who Looks Better in a Cod Piece. This is The Men Who Look Bad in Spandex. <laughs> on Magic 93.1. Yeah, yeah, on Magic 93.1. Although, Steve, I would give that honor to you. That's a dubious honor, my friend. Yeah, oh, man. Well, it depends what kind of professional we're talking about. Well, I was just yeah. thinking... About that, man. Is it unnecessary for superheroes to put that in their wardrobe? I, you know, I, I'm going to say no for a lot of reasons. You see them in MMA fighting, right? Yeah. Well, you know, there's occasions that the downstairs gets, you know, plummeted. And then usually there's a rep that steps in and is like, hey, man, give, give it a break. And, you know, we take a break for a second. Audience, you know, makes whatever noise they're going to make. And then Ooh. we get back to work. Now, in the grand scheme of superhero battles... If, uh, if uh, that happens, there's no stopping because there's no ref. Steve, did you just tell us all that the codpiece is the superhero cup? Uh, yes, I did. In a bit of a roundabout manner? I mean, I, I went, yeah, I went around about it with a story. So I like it. That's why you're a storyteller, bud. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, I was thinking about you earlier today when I got into a discussion with a friend of mine about what's the best sci-fi slash fantasy slash comic book weapon in the history of uh, the written word. And I had a lot of opinions about that. I don't know about you, man. What did you go to first? Is it the lightsaber? Because his was the lightsaber. He went right to the lightsaber because of how iconic it is and how cool it would be if it's real. Are you agreeing with him? Man, when it comes to like, I wouldn't say most powerful. I mean, as far as a weapon, it's very nimble and it's, uh, it's got a lot of a lot of quality parts to it. I mean, not only can it be terrifying, I mean just depending on the wielder, it's a it's a it's a dangerous thing. But basically it's a sword, which I mean not there's not, not a lot of things that it can go cut through, I mean, other than fighting itself and then whatever that lance was made of, which I can't remember now, but the lance from uh, Mando. Most things it manages to cut through not necessarily just easy, but with you know, a fair amount of practice. I mean, like, think about Qui-Gon going through the doors. He still managed to get through them, right? But it wasn't like going through butter. Man, that's, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, Ultimate Allfire is a pretty impressive weapon, but it, it's like the noisy cricket. I mean, it looks like a joke, but, I mean, it was able to, it, it would be able to shoot Galactus and kill him. And being that you're aiming it and firing it, I don't know, I'd almost say that it might be a, it's not a, a pretty weapon, but, uh, it would be a, uh, I mean, it'd definitely be in the running. I mean, when it okay. comes to, okay. oh, man. I mean, yeah, like, when it comes to legacy, lightsaber is definitely a winner. But when it comes to, like, grand scheme of all weapons, I mean, I don't know. I, I'd even say that the uh, Men in Black uh, Wipe Your Mind baton, if used correctly or with malpurpose, would be pretty easy to defeat it. The old oh, neuralizer. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, turn that turn that villain into a friend. You know, blind yeah. the right Doctor Doom, and next thing you know, he's your buddy, and he doesn't know why, but he's there to help you. So <laughs> I mean, as far as the thing when it comes to weapons, there's just so many choices. If you narrow the scope a little bit, then I mean, that makes it a tiny bit easier as far as like choices. But man, hey, I, I mean, that's a you had me at. Being friends with Doctor Doom, I had a quick flashback of <laughs> to like a Netflix show that says "Me and the Doctor," and it's just you, Victor Von Doom, talking about the mystic arts and then how you love to stream Netflix's like uh, you know hot hot shows or whatever. That's that's nice. Yeah, man. That's a nice feeling. That's a warm and fuzzy you gave us there, buddy. You know what's funny about this uh, <laughs> conversation? You had 
that we that we had because it inevitably led to the if you drop a lightsaber vertically with the blade down, what happens? <laughs> that's that's where we ended up after the conversation, which is a quite an existential crisis of the mind, if you ask me. Especially if you were hanging out next to me a few hours ago, a few short hours ago. That that right there was a mind blow. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, Beskar, Beskar steel is the stuff that apparently stands hey. up stands up to. Uh, there you go. Yeah, the lightsaber. That's the stuff, man. Yeah. Are you Are you in? Are, have you already watched the uh, first one of season three? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. I was going to say, I, I thought number two would come out yet, but that's not until tomorrow. Yes, I have seen the first episode of season three. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen it? The first episode of season three? I have not. I Okay. I have been wanting to get there. I have heard. I've seen recaps. I am one of those who doesn't really care about spoilers. Maybe it's because I'm a nihilist. But um, <laughs> just the fact that I can find out what I want to find out via pretty much anywhere. Right. Uh, I mean, that's true. Yeah. So I, I got a gist of it. It seemed, seemed like a lot of exposition for, you I mean, know, the beginning of a new season. It, it is set up. I mean, we're setting the path, the direction we're going, and... I mean, there's some cool stuff in it. I mean, I feel like the, I don't necessarily feel like everyone feels this way, but I think they may have tipped their hand a little too much. I may already know who the bad guy is. Pretty, I'm pretty, pretty confident in that actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but there's some cool, cool, uh, cool imagery, of course, and like as far as the steps along the path of like where the uh, show's going to go. I mean, if I'm right, I mean that's really interesting. If I'm wrong, I mean that's fine. I mean it doesn't necessarily matter. But as far as like a uh, as far as like an episode goes, it, it, it was slower than the episode. They'll give you that, but we had some pretty cool Katie Sockoff parts, and like only because she looks gorgeous. That's the that's the main reason. There's that's that. Other than that, her parts are boring. Ah, there you go. Well, okay, all right. <laughs> in a, in a nutshell, in a nutshell. Well, you don't want to give too much away, and obviously, it's still in its infancy, season three. But right. you know, I mean. Is it ham-handed? The villain? Do you think it's kind of no. heavy? No, I think I think it's a, I think it's a, a twist that's a, an interesting dynamic. If that's the truth, I mean, again, I I'm not entirely sure that is the truth. I mean, if it is, then the person playing the part I've, I've met in life, and they're just fantastic. Also, uh, but as far as a, as far as a, as a twist, I think it's a twist that um, I don't necessarily think we'll just see straight coming, and I, and I could be reading into the way certain dialogue was said. I mean, I, I might be wrong, but this wouldn't I feel like that's direction is going. Wouldn't be the first time a person who owned a comic book shop read into anything. <laughs> hey, though, I mean, it's true. I I do want to see more of Cad Bane. I did not. Um, uh, I should say I was not aware of the lore. Uh, oh sure. So I I found his character to be pretty cool, and then I looked into him. And Steve, I don't know if you can confirm this or not. Those little tendrils are like defense against a force choke. Is that right? You know, that's what people are saying about him. And like, I, I feel like we the few times we see him throughout the animated series, I don't feel like it was ever used heavily for that. But it makes sense because of where they're at, and like the way the guy is designed. I mean, they do look cool. So, okay. Yeah, that's um, what I felt. Maybe it was just a character design as far as that goes. Uh, large <laughs> shout out to Jason for picking up the Men Who Look Bad and spa- uh, Spandex on the podcast radar. Yeah, man, I uh, I, I saw Cat. It was really cool. I, you know, maybe I missed him in the books. Maybe I missed him in the shows. But I mean, to kind of put a point to the entire conversation we're having, do you think the Mandalorian's got too much expectations on it? As far as being one of the best things going for the Star Wars universe, Bad Badge was good. Andor is pretty good, standalone, obviously. Everybody's looking to recapture that Rogue One magic. They've got plans for more movies. But it seems to me that the flagship title is the Mando, man. Do you agree? I mean, at this point, for sure. Like, it's, uh, as far as things that are popular, um, its popularity lands really well with people. And as far as like other things coming out, I mean, that like you said, Bad Batch is great. Like it is, it's really good. Um, as far as like time frame of material, it sits in the past also, so it has some of the same hallmarks that the show has. Between the two things, I mean, we are building a lot of things out of Mando also, because like the we're supposed to get the Ahsoka Tana show, 
So I guess we'll see how that goes. But if you look at Book of Boba Fett, like the episodes people like best are the ones with Mando in them. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, I'd say he's the forefront of what they're releasing as far as content's concerned. As far as expectations, I mean, maybe. I mean, you're you're putting a lot on a show that didn't exist three years ago. Mm. Four years ago? Four mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the cast or anything is, is failing by any means. I mean, as far as people they pick to be in the show, I don't really think it looks like any of them are actually fails. I mean, some people argue the idea of Gina Carano with, you know, things she said in the world. But eh, I think it's even that's only a matter of time before before we, you know, forgive the lady and move on. I mean, I did like how we mentioned her in the show and we didn't mention her being dead. So I, I like that they didn't uh, cast her completely into space with some crazy exposition, you know. That, right. that totally blew my pun out of the water. Cast her into space. <laughs> you son of a gun. You're doing that on purpose. I, mean, I have no idea. Well, she was a she was a fun character. I, you know, I mean, it gave a lot of robust uh, sense to the Star Wars universe because she was a former soldier for the Republic and seeing that afterwards and seeing what people kind of do, you know, outside of the Skywalker bloodline, I think is very appealing because that's what brings people in to intellectual properties like Star Wars, man, the world building, the canon that they create and whether or not someone gets, you know, canceled. Um, I think uh, like the character that they play isn't, should be separated from them. You know, I, it's hard enough to really, uh, I guess, in a world of hyper-reality, discern things like that. But, you know, I'm, I, I, I don't care enough, Steve. Like I said, I'm a nihilist, so, no, yeah, I don't not, care enough. It's not quite the same as other stuff. I mean, right. there's different levels of where I think this cancel culture should actually behave of. It's one, it's one thing... When the when the character I don't know so let's go back to Cadabane for a second yeah if if for some reason one of the guys on the editing team that digitally designed Cadabane um we find out is some type of you know abusive whatever and he wants to get locked up in jail does that have any effect on the character whatsoever it definitely doesn't because again it was a guy that helped digitally design him. Yeah. So his namesake doesn't matter to it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, and I'll give you, I'm you know, not, not saying that what Gina said was right. I mean, clearly, clearly you don't ever use the Holocaust as an example for anything because it it just doesn't fit. I mean, other than the stuff currently, I, mean, I have maybe even said this before. I feel like I've said this multiple times now that's coming out of my mouth. The only thing you can liken it to is stuff going on with Russia and Ukraine right now. That's literally the only thing that makes any sense to use it for. So, like, it wasn't that she was inaccurate about what she said. It's that the way she was using it wasn't it wasn't a proper way to use it. And so when it comes to the time the character the the character uh, uh oh gosh on the show the two things should be very separate. They should. Well but look you know I, Steve you don't have to have Gina Carano play Cara Dune. You don't I, I mean it'd be hard pressed not to at this point. I don't think fans would accept a different version of the character with a different actress just for the sake of namesake. I guess we'll find out when the Witcher runs. He, hey, I mean, that's, you gotta, there you go. Right. We'll see how the Witcher goes with the with the recasting of the Hemsworth brother. Um but I mean you gotta look at like and okay, just bring music in for just a second. I mean look at uh, depending on how you feel about Michael Jackson, I'm gonna say the chances are there's still a song as you like. Whether you believe any of it or not, whether you what you believe I mean, if you're on if you're on the side of Corey, nothing ever happened. If you're on the side of a batch of folks that didn't make a lot of money, then you know it's. I'm not trying to argue the point of it, regardless. But as an example of the playing field we're talking about, yeah, I'm going to say that most people that, regardless of how they felt about it, didn't throw out their albums or their digital library wasn't just expunged of the uh, thrillers and the beat it's and the yeah, you know, it's a it's a games. It's a philosophical argument, Steve, because you're not basing anything on hard fact. You're basing things on the way people feel and what they have opinions about. So, right. I mean, that's, that's entirely true. I mean, to get, to get a little more lighthearted for a second, so we were talking about Cad Bane's breathing devices. It's partially so he can breathe in space. That's ooh. something that 
he managed to use during the. So the animated series is where the Rather Dude came from, and he's had a few appearances in the comic books, but not nearly as many as were in the animated series. Um, but yeah, that's part of it, so he can breathe in whatever conditions he needs. But since those tubes making him breathe and not necessarily his throat, I guess if a Jedi crushed him, it'd be a lot like a. You have to think back to what's the guy with all the arms? Grievous. I mean, his chest place, the reason he has the wheeze, supposedly, is because Obi-Wan Kenobi crushed his chest at one point and gave him it to him. But he's also a robot, so did he really need to breathe? Well, he's only part robot, I guess. Hmm. How many lightsabers does he have? What's what's the final number on that, by the way? There's a there's well, a great trivia question. or that he can use? Collection-wise. Using-wise, he, he, there was six they could use at one time. Mm. Man, collection-wise, you know, I've never actually looked into that. I don't know. There you go. That's that's fun. All you listeners out there who love the men who look bad in spandex, find that out and hit us up. That'd be a great idea. You can get it uh, on Spotify. You can get it on uh, Apple Podcasts. Get it on Google Podcasts, wherever you get your casts, man. Get this one too. Like, subscribe. Make sure you don't miss an episode because the things we say are profound, especially <laughs> in our own minds. Definitely, man. And I don't know if the new season of Mando will be profound. I don't know what the Star Wars universe, you know, will be in a few years. I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm. I don't know though, Steve. I mean, it's funny. I've been trying to decide whether to watch it episodically binge it to get the entire story do you have a preference man do you like binging or do you like the episode stuff oh man you know i i watch things both ways but when it comes to like man when you say avenue of preference i feel like both things have a really decent respect for it so i guess it depends on how into it i am or what i don't know because i'm from the old days with TV being one chance you got to see it, and if you missed it, you had to hear about it in the lunchroom the next day. And at that point, you we weren't really lost in the 18 stories, but you didn't get to see the awesome thing Mr. T did. So you you were you were lost until you know years later when you happened to catch the right rerun. Man, you know that's a good question. Like Stranger Things, okay. So examples, Stranger Things when that came out last season, I watched the whole season and the one day that it came out. Yeah. So I couldn't stop. I mean, I love. That whole series of things I think is so great. And all the cast members and the, the characters in it. I mean, I think Steve's great and Nancy's my absolutely my favorite. And like all the other characters are great too. Dustin, all the boys are great. Like so it's it's a show that like as it was running, I'm like, man, when you got to that last episode, I and I so I started watching it actually <laughs> during a convention. <laughs> we burned through the whole thing over the... I guess it did take two days, actually, because we stopped that one night, and then we finished it the next night. So, okay, so that season, not the most recent season, the season before that. We watched the whole thing all the way through, me and a few friends older hanging out. Yeah. So, as a thing, had it been episodic, I still would have been just as chasing to it. But because it all came out in one day, I just burned through it. And afterwards, I was like, oh, man, I can't believe there's not any more for another three years. So with with that in mind, this is the point of the whole circle of the story because it's like it got really long for a minute there. Because of the way it was released, once we were done, I was like, is that it? Oh, my God. <laughs> and so the way I like less, I do like that we're able to go back and watch things now, like with streaming TV. I like that because if for whatever reason you happen to miss an episode, mm. you're able to go back in time and watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Right? I that piece I can totally get behind. When it comes to the episodes, though, I guess I do like the week to week to week only because it draws out over time and gives you more time to enjoy it. And if you're going to be seeing over the concepts in it rather than knowing all the answers at the end, well, you have sub- you things you can talk about. Oh, is this going to be the next bad guy? Do we think Billy's going to be? You know, whatever it happens to be, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, it's used, again, you use Stranger Things as an example. Do we think Billy's going to die? I don't know. So, like, it gives you lots of things you can talk about between A and B, and I don't think that chase is there anymore with the full seasons coming out because you get to the end of it, and, yeah, if it's a series like Stranger Things that has another season coming, you have lots of questions and things you can talk about. But if it's, you know, something different than that, as far as expectations, even if they finish with a cliffhanger, most of your expectations have been met and there's nothing else to, you know, I mean, you can definitely josh about around the water hole. 
that's not the right thing. Water, what do you call it? Water cooler? Watering hole? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, okay. You're talking about making small talk at work with people you don't like. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> but you can still find things to talk about. So it's not a matter of not being able to do that. It just, I think the the chase to it is more like watching Mandalorian every episode, because every one of those I've watched as episodic because it's the only way you can get it, right? Yeah. But the time between A and B, there's a whole week worth of buildup to be like, was I right? Is the next thing happening? What's happening? Which is exciting. And I think it's, yeah, yeah it's more exciting. I, I, I mean, the same thing happens with comic books. There's a lot of folks that have well, taken yeah. the tra- trade trade waiting because, you know, they didn't get the whole chunk in one piece. They don't have to go back. And I, I can understand that. I, I, I can. Well, I, I feel like shows are kind of the same way. Well, I appreciate both ways. And, you know, Net- Netflix business model is what it is. And it probably what makes them, I think, one of the top streamers. But, I mean, the uh, lovely joy that you get when you have an entire story in front of you and you can finish it front to back, I think, is satisfying. And, yes, the idea of a cliffhanger or whatever else comes, you know, with the week between or week then, it, that definitely adds to the experience. I guess um, mm-hmm. I guess, I guess, in all, I mean, I, you know, just like everybody else, I like to have my cake and eat it too, Steve. <laughs> so I'm gonna do it. Right. When, I mean, both, I'm gonna do it whenever I want to do serve, it. Serve their purpose. Yeah, I'm with you. Right, right. Of course they serve their purpose, man. Obviously, you can't do that with the books, which is sad. But you know, that's what makes the books even more collectible than, say, like a DVD season one or two of the things that you like. Now those are somewhat obsolete. Although, if you are a collector, I would hold on to those because you never know when people say you can't or can watch the things you love especially with the way they cycle some of this material on streaming services, movies, shows, otherwise. I mean, there's so many things you have to take in mind, whether it's creator's rights, how much money the streamer is going to get by just putting it on there via how much they have to pay out. Well, that's something to think about, I mean, in as far as a business sense, and that's not probably what anybody thinks about when they're watching, but if you want to know why something doesn't have a show or one thing doesn't have the thing you're looking for, it's because of that. And, you know, that's, I think, the real line in the sand that the streaming has drawn versus the way we used to consume stuff. I mean, when we had only a certain few uh, channels or ways to get our entertainment, the people who made these things saturated it. So they were like, this is coming here. This is going to be on a network. We've got deals. We've got partnerships. We have merchandise. We have this, this, and this. None of that really goes away. It's just the fact that it just becomes even more kind of proprietary at that point as Paramount Plus has a property that they're not going to let you see on Netflix because they want you to buy Paramount Plus. Same thing goes with Peacock, Netflix, Hulu, all of those things. I was very interested to learn that Hulu is actually half owned by Disney, half owned by NBC Universal, which was mm-hmm. a huge kind of like fill in the gap moment for me because then I realized that, oh, okay, as these streaming wars continue to rage on, what's going to happen? I feel like there's almost a demolition man style restaurant war conflict that's going to be impending. <laughs> and I don't know if, know if you've seen demolition man, Taco Bell wins. Um, yeah. So shout out to Taco Bell. If you're interested in yeah, spots, Taco Bell, I do, yeah, sponsoring yeah, us. I do love, I do love their, uh, their menu. It's fantastic. And in that movie, yeah. demolition man, yeah. the Taco Bell, they pull up to out in the movie and yeah. in the movie, when you watch the movie, when they pull up outside Taco Bell, yeah, that building is actually the San Diego Comic Convention Center. Mm. It's, it's not Comic. It's the name of the convention center is the San Diego Convention Center. Yes, but yes. Same place that they have the San Diego Comic Con prior to the building extending. So the triangle shapes on the outside of the building, that's what that building actually was. It was the convention center. See, the lore is deep on the Men Who Look Bad and Spandex <laughs> podcast. This is what you get when you hang out with Steve. You can always hang out uh, at a shop, Top 5 Comics in Grand Junction off First and Orchard. If you're looking for stuff in Western Colorado, it's a great place to go for you know the comic book lover in your life, or if you're one of them, yeah, get your subscription there, man. You can find him on this podcast uh, across Instagram and plenty of other uh, categories if you're looking for comic talking. It's always a good time to sit down, man. That's uh, it's kind of fun. Are are you planning a big uh, con? I know with the weather turning and the sun starting to shine again, and days are longer. Daylight savings time is coming up. Are you planning a big slate of cons? Do you have uh, you know, like a must hit as far yeah, as cons I mean, go? Covers the convention seasons. 
I don't think there's going to be a lot this year. I mean, we are going to be doing the Denver Comic-Con as a store, so we'll be over there for that. Um, which they, they just announced earlier today that they were going to have Sam Raimi there, which I thought that was pretty cool. Nice. So that's a that's an interesting one for sure. Um, when it comes to the conventions, like uh, uh, at this point, I plan to go out to the uh, to the WonderCon, and then San Diego. At this point, I'm planning on going to. Mm-hmm. Then after that, I don't I don't necessarily know if anything. I guess it depends on what shapes up in the world. I mean, I did want to go to Seattle pretty bad, but a bunch of stuff in the store with shipping from different companies became a real mess. So. That didn't really work out, which, you know, that's fine. I really only wanted to go see Lori Petty, to be honest, so, okay. Yes. Okay. Tank girl. Oh, yeah, I mean, she's great. I I, I did actually meet, you know, actually I met her, like, I don't know, 20 years ago in in San Diego, actually, at San Diego. Yeah. For uh, for Tank Girl? For Tank Girl? No. It was was after Tank Girl had happened. She was, she was, actually, I don't know what she was there promoting, to be honest. Point Break? No, it was after all that. Oh like, man, I'm not really. To be honest, I don't really know what. She, I don't. I'm not sure if she was there promoting anything in particular or not. I don't think she was. She is such a, a standout, not only in the industry, but I mean, she's unique in everything she's ever done, which makes her that much cooler than probably everybody else. If you don't know who Lori Petty is, I recommend looking her, her up because she's pretty awesome in not only the world of comic books and fantasy and sci-fi, but other places oh, as well. But, movies in general. Like, yeah. There's a bunch of like... Good ones. Very popular 80s, 90s films. Very good movies. There's a handful of other ones that were just questionable, but that's fine. That's what happens to everybody. <laughs> I've been in some questionable movies before, Steve. Wink. <laughs> you probably find them on the probably find them on the internet. I'm talking about a music video. I, sh- I shot a music video when I was like... I don't know, 22 for a friend of mine. Yeah, and that's really what I'm talking about. Nothing else. It's not like you can find anything on OnlyFans.com, <laughs> brother. I'm just saying. It's like, yeah, I made the mistake of shooting a music video with my wannabe rapper friend, all right? That that happened in my life. I mean, yeah. No, it's... Uh, so there's a... This is ridiculous, but it's going to be... It's not a competition because it's, it's the same thing. So there's a, there's a movie that got made by... Oh, God. Um... What is, oh man, there's John Kennedy and there's Robert Kennedy Bobby. Okay, so Robert Kennedy's great-grandson, the third, so Billy Kennedy the third made a movie. Um, the proper title is uh, Fear and Loathing in Aspen. That's the actual title of the movie. <laughs> um, at the time, when we were filming it, it was called Freak People to Battle for Aspen. And what the movie's about is Colorado-centric, actually. <laughs> Um, so what the story is actually about, it's, it's based on a real thing. Uh, so Hunter S. Thompson at one point back in the seventies ran for sheriff of Aspen back during the time when they were trying to shape Aspen into the machine that is today. And a bunch of the people that live there that didn't own a lot of land were not very happy about it. So, uh, they had a bunch of normal normies in town that weren't uh, money folks. And of course at the time, they decided in order to try to stop that, if if Hunter had become the sheriff, that would give him a different sway in the town to sort of direct the way the town moved. And at one point, it was very legitimately thought that he was going to win. And uh, the movie is basically about that time frame. So, I mean, there's a tiny bit of liberties, I'm sure, but that's what it's about. Anyway, the second title, the real title, The Syrian Loathing in Aspen, makes a lot more sense and is a far better title, my gosh. Anyway, the point to the story and the reason I'm telling you it if you stop that movie at, oh gosh, I think it's one hour and 21, oh gosh, one hour and 12 minutes, I think right. where it's at. Write that down. Oh man. Write that I, down. You know what? I, I had it memorized and now I don't remember. It's either one twenty. It's either one hour and 21 minutes or one hour and 12 minutes. I am in that movie for five seconds. <laughs> uh, I, I went up going up to uh, Silverton for a few days. Yeah. And we and we shot a whole batch of scenes. Actually, a dialogue too. Of course, the dialogue is not in the movie, which is fine. Yeah, I got cut, huh? You got cut, Steve. They cut you. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Me and a whole handful of people from that day. The, whole, the entire time we were filming that third day, I was like, none of this stuff's going to make it to the movie. Like, it <laughs> makes sense to have it as B-roll, but I'm like, none of this. Not this dialogue didn't make sense. I mean, what was happening in the scenes is we had a pack of kids that were younger, uh, like uh, hippie type kids going around the community trying to convince people to come out and vote and try to vote to vote for Hunter S. Thompson. 
So, like, it, it, there's scenes that make sense to exist if your movie's going to be, like, an extra 15, well, maybe not 15, an extra 10 minutes long because they build, you know, the, the outreach that the community tried to do at the time and, like, how Hunter used all these hippie people to try to rally his run for office. But the entire time we were filming it, not that the actors were bad. I mean, that the guy, kid I was paired with, he has actually he has a bunch of scenes in the movie. He's in the background, a lot of stuff. He was out from California, and he's like, oh, the driver was terrible. And I was like, come on, kid, shut up. <laughs> he, he was, but I said, kid, I know, he's like 24, 25 or something. I don't know. Steve, anyway. Did you have to get your SAG card for that? No. Because, because the way they were filming it, the extras were, we, I am in the credits. Ooh. Um, but yeah. uh, we were... We, there's there's a whole batch of us because of the way the movie was done, I I could have gone and got it afterwards, and then at that point paid membership rights to be in the guild and continue to pay forever. And uh, one actually one of the guys that was he was in a different different batch of scenes. So there's a whole group of us that were filming scenes together at that point. And mm. anyway, one of the, one of the older gentlemen said said something like that to the uh, second the second tier director whose name I don't remember, and I should. And he's like, oh yeah, uh, I mean just fill out your card in the in the in the. Uh, in the office, and when we get done, and yeah, you totally can file for it, and at that point, you can become a member and pay membership dues forever. Um, and if you quit and then decide to come back, then you have to pay the missing dues. He's like, "Oh, I'm good." <laughs> and I just kind of laughed and thought, "Yeah, <laughs> the part again, all the stuff we filmed, I'm like, this is getting cut." <laughs> and so, come to now, because the movie came out. I don't know, maybe actually came out on Paramount Paramount Plus initially released. May. Yeah. I know, right? Nay, my but man. It's funny, but maybe uh, I feel like it came out now. Oh, I don't know, God, maybe six months ago. Oh wow! Don't, don't, quote, don't quote me on that. I can't remember when it came out. I gotta find a friend but, who's got Paramount Plus that I can, you know, steal a login <laughs> from. Man, that's great just to see it's Steve. Only, it's only for CBS. And I, it, is, it is blurry. Did you tell him? This Did you tell him huh? to put you down as CBS in the com- in the in the credits? That's, that's <laughs> well, when comic I book out Steve. my card. Is definitely on the card they filled out for them for the namesake. Oh hell yes! However, it is not that way in the credits. Oh hell yes! That is absolutely fantastic. Everybody out there listening, make sure you go see Steve <laughs> in Fear and Loathing in Aspen. It's only like I said, it's only for those three five seconds. seconds. One hour, twelve minutes. Mm-hmm. One hour, twelve minutes in, man. That's not like I'm pretty a, sure that's where it's out. Hey, that, that's not like that's a new thing for the internet, man. People do that all the time. <laughs> they're like, "What? What moment of this video can I fast forward?" Yeah, they're they're gonna help you out, big dog. They're right. They get you a lot of love, man, it's for sure. Pretty, pretty. It's pretty funny. Like the that is pretty the scene funny. has to do with uh, the mayor coming to put her vote in at the office with the sheriff, and there's a bunch of those protesters out there that are attacking the car. And uh, we, I, yeah, it's funny because if you know it's me, you know it's me. But it's blurry enough that the guy, like, one step over from me, you see his face real well. And mine is just blurry enough with all the, uh, with all the goatee going oh. on. That, uh, oh, man. I'm like, that's funny. Oh, anyway, man. yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> that is rich, man. That is a beautiful story, buddy. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. That's, that's what it is, you know? I mean, it's, it's the things, you know, we do to eventually do the things we love yeah you know if i were to recommend it i, I guess you know WonderCon in san diego would, would be the places to go man you know denver's fun the fan expo i know they've got quite a bit uh on tap i know matthew lillard's coming um i do know yeah, yeah I, I can't remember i just saw their faces in the update but yeah they're they're gonna be fun they're gonna be good you know you know steve my problem with cons now as things have kind of evolved into you know uh uber monetization of everything it seems like you know just like inflation touches your your groceries uh, it also kind of touches the things you love in your fandom so the more you go to these things the more they're going to try to nickel and dime you to go do this stuff stand in line pay for headshots and i understand actors like matthew lillard and more across the industry doing that as a large part of their income because maybe they're not acting as much as they want to these days but i mean I, that's where the gap is for me, man. I, I would go to maybe one a year at this point, right? And if you're a right. huge fan, if you're a big traveler, if you're a, a con lover, I I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you don't get burnt out uh, without, you know, how you have that much money to do everything there. Because when I go to a con, man, I'm budgeting, I'm looking at what I want and how to do it, and then doing it maybe the next week or, you know, two weeks down the road or even the next month. Man, that's that's hard to fathom. Right. Well, the way it is now, it, it's not. 
it's very different than what it used to be as far as that yes. goes. And like you, like, like you said, you hit the nail on the head with that. Like a majority of my meetings in life were not monetized meetings because they just sort of happened. Yeah. And the way comms used to be prior to this current mentality of them was not how they were. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't like, uh, as far as uh, people, I mean, I don't know, one of the best stories. I mean, you, the pictures in my store, and there's a picture of me and my brother with Stan Lee, and we run into him at San Diego Comic-Con because, so at the time, okay, one more story, I swear I'll stop. <laughs> so, me and my brother and uh, my girlfriend at the time, and I think there's one of our other friends that were with us, I can't remember who it was, um, all out to San Diego for this to, to this San Diego Comic Con that year, and um, the three of us, me, her, and my brother, wound up going to whatever panel we were watching. And I can't even for life me remember what we were doing, but we were in some room watching some panel, and our other friend had not gone to that one because he's like, I don't care about that. And I think the truth is, we were there for something else, and then it turned over to the next thing. We're like, well, we'll just wait and see if it's any good. And so we're watching it, and partway through the panel, all three of us were like, this is terrible. Like, I don't care about this at all. And so we all decided to get up and leave, you know, <laughs> quietly, quite quietly, not, not creating a distraction, you know, try to be as polite about it as possible. But, you know, we all get out into the hallway and I'm like, my God, that was ridiculous. <laughs> and so we're trying to walk, walking down the hallway, getting ready to go back downstairs, I think, to the sales pavilion area, the sales floor. <laughs> and uh, as we're walking, my brother's like, dude, I think that's Stan Lee over there. And I said, dude, why would Stan Lee be in this hallway with us right now? That's just some old man. He's like, no, dude. I'm pretty sure it's Stan Lee. That's Stan Lee. Like, okay, dude. Well, he's whispering under his breath, even though we're in a giant hallway, <laughs> which is the, probably the funniest part, to be honest. Oh. And I'm like, Duh. okay, dude, let's, yeah. let's go over there and see if this dude is Stan Lee. And at that point, we'll harass some old man. <laughs> well, sure enough, it turns out the truth is it was Stan Lee. And what he was doing in the hallway at the same time with us, I'm not entirely sure, to be honest, even to this day. Uh, for all I know, he was at a panel and also decided he didn't like what was happening or he or he was going to the bathroom. Both things are very possible. Don't know the truth, but he was in the hallway walking in the same hallway with us and literally no one around him. Now, granted, again, you're going to have to rewind time a fair amount for the year this was happening. Because it was after Iron Man, it was after the two Spider-Man movies, uh, three Spider-Man movies. I think it was after Iron Man 1, but... Stanley fame was still comic book fame. It was not exactly Hollywood fame yet. I mean, he was a face you recognize, but it wasn't wasn't quite the same deal yet. Yeah. And as a thing, like even in the picture, I mean, if you ever want to see it, you come on down to the store. You can see behind him and behind us. There's like literally no one for easy half city block because again, convention center is very very big, and. After that year, I'd say they'd be impossible because he would have been with one, like, security person and then probably one um, assistant person directing what he was doing, where he was going. Mm-hmm. If you fast forward two more years for that, it'd be a sea of people following the man mm-hmm. because that's what happens. Mm. So, like, the time in the world literally was everything with that because had we not all left to the exact same time from that same room, we would never run into him. And again, like I said, I don't know what he, I mean, he's, he's still there to talk to us for 10, 15 minutes. Like he talked to us for kind of a long time for what I thought. And it was very nice. Took the picture, took a picture with us. And he's like, I have to go. And we're like, oh yeah, okay. And off he went. And we're just like dumbfounded because that was the real thing that happened. Nice. Now it's not that, that kind of thing can't happen at conventions still. It's just not nearly as likely. Yeah. The, with the current trend yeah, in the world. The... I don't know how to put this. The kind of the capital, the capitalistic side of it all, kind of ends up bearing its teeth when you are in the second, third day slog at the con. And I do agree with you that those types of things can happen. It is very rare, and you'll usually have to pay your way through gatekeepers to have that type of experience in this day and age, which I guess could turn you off. But I wouldn't tell you to not go to a con. You know, I would tell you, oh, no. I would yeah. definitely tell you to go and make an experience. Maybe, maybe not five in a year, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but you know, uh, but you know, I, 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 every con experience I've ever had, I've always been there and time flies and I'm always lost in it. And I'm, it's always super useful and there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. And it's just, it's just a good time. 
that that's a bit of my problem though because of the nature of the world we live in you you got to do that because you know you have people getting bigger and bigger and bigger and owning more rights of this stuff that people want to make money off of or even create a lifestyle that they can exist with and you you, you just kind of have to pay to play what I love about cons these days is the little guy is still having that mentality. So if you want to meet somebody and you want to talk and you want to just, you know, hash out, you know, maybe industry questions or what it's like to be that person or, you know, so on and so forth, walk down the artist aisle, walk down the author aisle, and you find so many people that are lovely and willing to take the time, and you might know, not know any of their art. They might have been a guest star somewhere, you know, like, like Tone Rodriguez. Like when we met Tone Rodriguez in, oh, yeah, yeah. in Denver, mm-hmm. it was amazing. He had time for that. And when we met... Um, uh, Peter Tomasi? Yes, yes, Peter Tomasi. Yeah, the same thing. It's like he listened to my question and all that stuff because they know, but you're still going to get that kind of corporate, corporatocracy idea of they know they can make you spend money, so they're going to gonna try and that's my that's my problem because if you're gonna want to if you're you're a good collector, Steve, you want to get everything you can. And when it comes to you know Comic Con exclusives or covers or variants or things that only happen there, I mean to get those things and have to buy a pass and do all that, I, I think it's a little excessive. That's all. It is pretty wild, man. Like it's a it's a little different when you're working and. For me, a lot of it winds up being work anymore. Not 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 that I don't enjoy it; I enjoy it just fine. But like Denver, we do it as a store. We're there to, as a business to make money. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, we buy a booth space, we take the yeah. property over there to do that. Yeah. Um, like Rhode Island, I was there as press um, when I did that a couple of years ago. Um, Denver, uh, the year I went with you, we went as press. So it's not quite exactly the same as as a. Uh, it's just going for the fun of going, not that you shouldn't go for that reason, because that's not what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a different kind of machine, and I say with that with that in mind, when when you look at conventions, you don't have to go to the very biggest ones. I mean, there's there's lots of conventions throughout the the, the continental U.S. now, and when it comes to the size of things, I mean, yeah, San Diego and L.A. and WonderCon and New York are all the biggest things in the world, unless you just happen to live there or have friends that live there so you can stay for free. Ah. <laughs> then, you know, you hey, can't, you uh... stop that. You just, right there, I'm going <laughs> to put a kibosh on that right now, man. You, are you name dropping? What are you flexing for, man? Come on. You know, it's not a matter of, I mean, I, again, that's part of what, I mean, if I, if I didn't have the friends out in the, out in the California region that, you know, make that a lot easier on my life, then there would yeah. be plenty of these things I don't do. Of course. Just because they, 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 the initial investment up front is, is a nightmare. So that's not a, you know, and like you said, it's just like with the video games or anything else where it's pay to play in the world. There's a lot of that, but it's definitely the truth. Not everywhere, not everything. And again, it's still a fun show to go to, but yeah, you're right. I mean, when it comes to chasing exclusives, that's an entire different kind of thing. And even, even panel attendance, depending on what you're trying to see, is another thing entirely, too, investment wise and time wise. Yes. Uh, I mean, again, back in the old days, even the, the few panels that would sell out, or would not sell out, would, would fill up to the point of capacity, there weren't that many. Mm-hmm. So, like, the Marvel Machine and the, the Hollywood input on, yeah. on yeah. both San Diego and New York yep. uh, has changed that drastically. I mean, good point. the shape shape of conventions, that, that's definitely a different thing. I mean, San Diego, the back, so the, day, the days I'm talking about with Stan you still mailed in for tickets. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and San Diego used to be a show that in the old days, you could be able to walk right up and just buy a ticket to go the yep. day of the show. Yep. Now, those are drastically far back days. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> All not right. quite hey, the same thing. Don't but, date us, man. You know. Don't da- Every time you date us, dude, some <laughs> cartilage from my knee disappears. Okay, stop that. Oh, man. Stop that, all it's, right? It's because of time travel. That's why. That's the only yeah. reason. I wish. I wish I could pull off a time heist, my man. I wish I had some pin <laughs> particles on me right now. But, uh, you know, yeah. alas, uh, I'm just a real person who lives in a real world <laughs> where there isn't <laughs> quite existent, like, you know, evidence of the existence of a multiverse. I'm hoping. You know, I got my fingers crossed and I'm knocking on wood. But what are you going to do? Until then, man. <laughs> until then, brother, I've got to stick with what I've got, which is you. 
and I've got the books, and I've got the movies, and everybody else knows that as well. He's uh, he's he's comic book Steve, top five comics. Get him uh, on Instagram, CBS. Top 5 Comics, CBS, Facebook as well. Uh, if you ever want to talk cons, man, he's been to a ton. And like he said, you can see all that great stuff, all that wonderful lore up on the the walls of the shop, which is right off First and Orchard in Grand Junction, Colorado, next to, uh, right above the Cameo Hairstyling Salon, the Hillcrest Shopping Plaza is what you're looking for. You know, Steve, and that, of course, brings us to our, you know, favorite part as we talk books, which bring us, which bring, you know, the thing that brings us here, man, you know, the books indeed. And I, I had a big question with uh, Deceased wrapping up uh, and now what I've heard about with the Night Terrors in July, is the horror comic becoming more mainstream? I think the horror style kind of is, yeah. I mean, since Marvel Zombies, we've seen an avenue of different things shape it that way. I, I think with the deceased and with like the DC versus Vampires, that those two things are, are bigger check marks in it. Because like Marvel Zombies happened a while ago, and it's had... Well, five volumes, I think, of material. Mm-hmm. Which actually, they just re-released volume ones again, so Ooh. we have those in the store. Oh, in case you guys need them, you know. Yeah, get it. And those are those are great, dark but great. No, they're awesome. And they are. The funny thing about, for those who don't know, the first two volumes are written by Robert Kirkman, yeah. the same guy who did The Walking Dead. Walking Dead guy. Yep. Um, and the way they're designed, I mean, originally they weren't designed to be multiple series; they were designed to be you know, the one and done. And so you can read volume one by itself and you can read volume two by itself too. As it gets a little rougher, but as far as reads are concerned, the original one wasn't necessarily built to have a guaranteed following because no one knew. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when it comes to the horror story stuff, there's there's an avenue of it. I mean, Archie made that turn at one point. So Archie Comics has all yeah. handful of... Uh, Great point. Horror-flavored comic books. I mean, I was actually, I was to bring up Jason again. I was actually just talking to Jason earlier um, when we started the show that there was a Predator versus Archie series that happened. So, uh, and we got characters that died in it. It's, you know, it's a thing. That That is so comic book. It is unbelievable. That's why I love comic right? books. So, did you read the comic, The Archie versus Predator? I did. did. It has a really weird ending. Is is the flavor more like a Predator 2? Is it a Predator 1? Oh, man. Well, it's more, I guess it would be more Predator 2, just because we see a lot more of him, and we're not dealing with so much of the trickery or shadowing of the, shadowing of the situation. Hmm. Um, the ending has got a, there's actually two volumes. There's There's part one and part two, again, not designed to necessarily guarantee it to, so the two is... A continuation that comes out of the success of the first one. Um, so there's two different volumes of material. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one, the ending is, I would say it's a surprise ending. Because the way mm-hmm. it ends is not where I ever thought I was going to go. But I didn't necessarily expect main characters dying in the first issue either. Yeah, that's but, good but they do. So, uh, you know, I'd say it, between the two movies, it's more Predator 2 because we see more of him doing things and being around, and less of him hiding in the shadows, whereas the first movie is definitely about the fear in the jungle, and until we see him see him for the big reveal, it's more about the uh, mystery than it is about the actual alien, as it was. Well, you know, say what you will, I, even, even with the horror tropes that the Predator uh, exudes, you fill a movie with Arnold just you know, yanking off one-liners. I, I don't know if you consider it horror. I definitely thought the Danny Glover uh, vehicle was a lot more horror. And even what they did with the later uh, episode, uh, sorry, the, the whatever I want to say. Yeah, there you go. That's mm-hmm. a great word, installments. Like even with the newest one with Prey on Hulu, which was really good, definitely uh, more of that kind of horror feel where you don't know the unseen, you know, terror and all that stuff. Well, I guess Arnold is just, you know, any time in the 80s and the early 90s that Hollywood could showcase those muscles, that certainly was what the deal was. But, you know, I'm kind of transitioning from, you know, horror now into superheroes. I, I just feel that maybe those genres are finally blending to a point where mainstream it, 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 the mainstream is going to accept it because if you think about comic history, horror comics were very much their own niche and very much kind of put behind the Comics Code Authority before it became more widely accessible to readers of those types of things. So 
now that you have these horror tropes, and they've been everywhere, obviously, as comic book writers explore, you know, their favorite influences, whether it's, you know, the X-Men uh, against the vampires and Draculas. They haven't, Dracula's been a part of the Marvel Universe for a long time, Marvel Zombies. But even now, uh, I feel there's even a lot more, um, just a lot, a lot more love as fandoms kind of cross over and you kind of say, oh, you like zombies? Well, DC has zombies. Oh, you like vampires? We got that too. Oh, you want to see a world where all your heroes come back to life as, you know, flesh-eating ghouls? We got that too. And now what's coming up with Night Terrors in July, it seems like they're going to definitely keep that going. Whether it's the supernatural, whether it's, you know, the threat from outer space, these are the types of things that are making it into modern-day comics, which are kind of different from the classic superhero, supervillain trope. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And as far as the fit of that, there's definitely more of it now than there was. And right. As far as stylings, I mean, it's just like, well, I don't know. I think Marvel's kind of trying to do that with their movies, too, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Doctor, Sam, Doctor Strange. Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi is yeah. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Definitely has a horror story feel. Maybe, um, maybe Steve, it's an entire kind of paradigm shift as the entire medium kind of grows up. Is that is that could it, could that be considered accurate? I mean, maybe. Yeah, no, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say that it could be. I mean, as far as like styling, you still have plenty of things that are both both sides of that equation. I think you're just finding that niche that hasn't been filled yet, and with that being a certain style. As far as combining those two things together, it's like, I don't know, think like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Combine two things together, and they're great. Are they fine by themselves? Depends on how you feel about peanut butter and whether you're allergic or not. But they're fine by themselves. They really are. Are they great together? They're great together. I think that, that nowadays that with the modern storytelling, there's definitely more avenues that fit that venue. I mean, whether it's, oh gosh, whether it's Nice House on the Lake by... Um, by Tinian, or whether it's uh, Geiger, that's the Fallout Future by Johns. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, there's a brand new one that I have a copy for you to take a look at uh, called Blood Tree. Yeah, I haven't got to I haven't got to read it yet, but it is Mr. Tomasi writing it, and it comes Ooh. out the image. Thank you. Um, but I, I haven't had a chance to actually read it yet. But because there's Peter on there, I figured I well to set aside a copy for you to take a look at. But yeah, as far as dynamics are concerned, I mean, I think now that avenue has opened up a lot more because if that is your jam and what you really like is, you know, the vampire stories. And again, now we have a DC version of vampires. And yeah. Even though the universe is not connected inside the regular universe, you get a lot of crazy out of it and it's awesome. Yeah. So, and it is, it is true. I, I enjoy flavor from both sides of the equation. Like you're talking about like horror. I do enjoy comics. I, I think it's a win-win for most people when the two come together, but now that we uh, kind of got you going on that, Steve, what else are we looking for at the shop or whatever else uh, coming in hot for the month of March or anything that we need to wrap up from February, my man? Oh, yeah. Well, as far as like new books on the shelf to look for, it's a, uh, we just started a brand new series uh, for the Cosmic Ghost Rider, so he's getting another outing. I've heard. Um, and it looks pretty great. I've heard how crazy this character is. Can you confirm? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He is. Out of control. It is a crazy thing altogether. And is it Robbie Raya's Ghost Rider, or is no. it is it Cos- Cosmic Ghost Rider? He is a totally different dude. Johnny Blaze. No. Want <sighs> to take one more guess? Think uh, what his head looks like. Who is the guy that was Vengeance? Who like Danny? Mm. Danny. Well, Danny Catch. Danny Catch was Vengeance. Um, so that's not it. He's he's not any of those guys. No oh, man. Okay. Although although if you think about his head, this is it. so here's a hint. Uh, if you think about the shape of his head when he's the Ghost Rider, regardless of which version of the Ghost Rider it is, the face is of of what? Uh, like a skull, flaming Correct. a flaming skull. Oh no, so Punisher! Punisher! <laughs> that is correct. Frank Castle is the Ghost Rider. He is the Cosmic Ghost Rider. <sighs> yes, that is filthy, brother. That's exciting. Wild, man. Um, how many issues is, are how many issues? I mean, is it just starting? It just started. Issue one is the only one out so far for the current series. Now, Cosmic Ghost Rider himself has had two other mini series runs and originally showed up in a batch of stories being written by Donnie Cates uh, that were about Thanos. So like his first appearance is a minute back now. Um and then he had a like I said, he had a couple mini series, but the new series uh, only has the first issue out and uh as far as pieces are concerned, I mean, that's the biggest, the biggest reveal was when he first showed up on the scene and none of us knew who he was, and they, they kind of kept it a secret for a minute. But uh, 
So as far as material, there's a few different series out in the world. Um, one of them was, I would say, akin to Deadpool destroys, destroys the Marvel Universe. Uh, it was called Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys History. Mm. It doesn't necessarily fit in the, as a proper part of continuity, it doesn't really fit as that. But it was it was pretty neat. It was the second one. And, like, story-wise, I mean, it's got some Deadpool shenanigans going on, and it's, it's not proper continuity. Um, the first one was proper continuity, and even his first appearance in that Thanos story um, was also proper continuity. So the only one that's really different would be the cause of the Destroys History one. Uh, but, yeah, as far as the concept, it is... Uh, it is the craziest thing ever. <laughs> well, pick it up, pick it up, and top five comics. That that sounds cool. I looked, <laughs> I looked up a photo of him, man. He looks like a like a pastiche of Mister Freeze, except from hell. That's that's fun. It's fun. It looks like yeah, a Batman the Animated Series Mister Freeze, but from hell. Well, in the way he's shaped and with his giant shoulder pads, I mean, he's got. I mean, he basically, I mean, you could akin him to Ghost Rider at points, or not Ghost Rider, sorry, to Lobo at points, because he does have a motorcycle and he flies through space. Beautiful. So, I mean, it's not, the dome makes sense on his helmet because of said thing. But yeah, I know his look is really cool. And oh, yeah. As far as the character, he's not super old by any means, but series-wise, it has been several years since that first initial appearance happened. I'm looking right now at the Legends Ghost Rider figure. Oh, man. Oh, brother. Brother. Yeah. Sorry. Before we go crazy fanboy on that, what else, man? I mean, that sounds like a must-read for sure, but uh, what else are we getting into? Well, Cosmic Ghost Rider knew this, knew this last week, um, as far as series are concerned. Uh, we just wrapped up Batman versus Robin, and it has a pretty cool ending. Actually, the ending is fantastic, I thought. Uh, it's written by Mark Wade. Um, so I like that guy a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as far as a uh, follow out of that, we did just start a brand new Superman series. Um, issue number one of it did come out a couple, I think a week ago. And that's John Kent, um, right? That's John Kent, right? No, no. There is a new one coming out this week, however. Okay. Um, eventually we're going to have three different books. So there's just regular Superman, which is dealing with Clark. Uh, that's the one that, that I was referencing first because it, it, it came out about a week and a half ago, I think. Uh, it's being written by Joshua Williamson, mm-hmm. who uh, has written a bunch of other books that I like. He wrote uh, Nailbiter and Birthright, a whole ton of Flash. Uh, he's he's pretty good. Like I, I, I like his stuff. Um, then there's going to be a new one that comes out this week that is, uh, oh gosh, how's it titled? Uh, Adventures of Superman, John Kent is the full title. Uh. And that one is a mini-series where John, of course, has been aged up a little bit, and so we have the two separate books running next to each other. Uh, there's going to be a third book that is a Superman flavor book as well. Hey. Um, it is also a mini series, and it is about Connor Kent, so the Superman Luther clone. Oh yeah. So he has his own his own mini series, um, and then uh, John has his mini series, and then we have the proper new number one, which is super, with, with regular Clark. So I mean, there's a whole avenue of different Superman stuff that. Uh, that you can get into at this point, that it, uh, as far as series are all at the starting point of series. Uh, the one with John comes out this week. The one with uh, with Connor doesn't come out for another couple weeks, so it's got some more time on it. But the uh, Jonathan Kent one is going to be brand new this this actually tomorrow, Wednesday. Mm. Okay, well that's good. Well, and that's a lot of fun too, because not only is Clark back, but the adventures of Jonathan Kent, they're they're a lot of fun. Um, I mean, he's already dealing with Ultraman and all that fun, like crime syndicate stuff. And you know, oh, yeah. that's always I, I've always loved that's Earth Three? Earth two. Earth three. Earth three. I've always loved Earth Three because of, you know, the the inverse of it. And it, it's always a good time. So if you want to spend some time on Earth Three with uh John Kent, it's a good one. Um I might have to pick up some more Superman. God Superman, you might find him boring. Steve, but you know, in the hands of a great writer, the the Blue, the Boy Scout is uh, a heck of a read. Oh yeah, well, it's one of those things. Like the main thing about Superman is that people seem to gleam around him and his powers, and they always oh, he's got too many powers. He's a Boy Scout, and well, it's true, he is a Boy Scout. He does have a lot of powers, but Superman's biggest weakness is his love for humanity and for everyone else. Like. Your weakness is, I mean, you, you have the natural kryptonite weakness, and you have the weakness to magic, which 
again, I can't be entirely sure how far that magic has to go. But as a thing, you're doing card tricks, and he's like, oh, it hurts. I'm like, oh, that's not how it's supposed to work. <sighs> All jokes. But, but his real, his, the, real, the real foil for him is humanity, because he cares about every single person, even the bad guy. Yeah. So the right writer, in the right, like, like you said, in the right hands of the right writer, Superman stories can be great. As far as the neat things happening, when we're dealing with Ultraman, which is the evil Superman from Earth 3, um, this particular storyline should be really cool because we're dealing with Ultraman in a way that he's kind of hunting down Superman. And uh, I don't necessarily feel like it's like the one where he's stealing their power, but he's definitely been killing them. So it'll be interesting to see like how that shakes out. And uh, issue-wise, uh, it should be a pretty fun story. Nice. Very good. Ah, cool, man. Well, anything else, my friend, that we should be uh, up up to date before we let you go? Because I know you got you know a business to run and a life to get to, <laughs> things to watch, and all that good stuff. Well, I mean, as far as material, I mean, there's lots of cool things that are coming out and that are happening as far as books are concerned. I mean, that's pretty regular. If your flavor is not the boy in blue and or or the other boy in blue, Batman, <laughs> as far as depending what time frame it is, gray and black, whatever. There, there are avenues of all kinds of things as far as books are concerned. I mean, there's lots of books that aren't even superhero books anymore. So, like, as far as finding an avenue to be into, there's there's lots of choices and lots of things you can can come from. I mean, as far as series that are happening that are, are pretty neat that are a little more off the beaten path, I would say, right this second, we had a brand-new Darkwing Duck series start. Oh, when there's trouble, call DW. Exactly. And it's it's been it's got two issues out so far, and it's been cool. Uh, they started a new Gargoyle series. Good stuff. I, I actually really like the Disney. I love the Disney approach to the book, man. It's not bad at all. It's not kitschy. It's not overly saturated with the idea of a Saturday morning cartoon. You do know the characters, but they are new in that way. Uh, you know, a reboot would have you kind of enjoying those. Right. So like, they did a good job with both those books. I feel like. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as other avenues, I don't know. There's a new Wildcat series coming out through DC that I've been pretty happy with so far. It's a soft reboot. So I, I've i liked it so far. If Wildcats is in your jam, if you've never even heard of the Wildcats, well, because it's a soft reboot, you know, it's brand new to you, so it's fine. Yeah. No, no get it all. I mean, it's, it's, it's all fantastic. You can find it all at Top 5 Comics <laughs> with, with the man, CBS. He'll get you whatever you need. Be sure you follow him on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, hit him up in the uh, Hillcrest Shopping uh, Plaza, right above Cameo Hair Styling Salon, Grand Junction, Colorado. First in Orchard, my man. Always a pleasure to talk, man. Always have a good time. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, buddy, no problem.